So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode three. Um, I can't do the intro I was going to do, but I'm going to try and then explain how it was going to work. It was gonna, I was going to say we did episode one. That was one door down. We did episode two. That was two doors down. This is episode three, which is what, guys? Three doors down. Yeah, and then I was going to place my little key on my soundboard, which was going to play here without you by three doors down, just because I thought I was funny. I can't well, do it. It's not installed. I'm kind of glad that didn't work. But yeah, I'll edit right. it in. We would probably get done for some sort of copyright infringement anyway. <laughs> no, no, because because it was actually Nick Kitchen's rendition from his Facebook songs account um, that was gonna gonna sing it. At forty six quid, it cost me to get it made. I'm not joking. Right, so really we're here. Yeah. <laughs> we're here. Um, we're gonna just jump straight into it. We have tonight. We have an Oldham fan joining us later on. Uh, he's going to come on. We invited someone last week and he responded. We've had a lot of responses from Oldham fans, all with different views, but we're hoping to get a bit of clarity as to what's going on. But I think first and foremost, we talk about what we ended with last week, game of the season. Oof. And again, we start by saying we can't predict games for shit. <laughs> we can't. No. I, I mean, at, at least I got the amount of goals that were going to be in the game right. I said two each, I think. I mean, you said score draw. Score draw, <laughs> I said score draw, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, yeah. It's crazy, it's crazy and, and, you know, and, the, and this is usually about football as well. And, you know, the two very informed teams. I think that we all maybe, I think, and the Sly maybe thought that Forest Green were going to start to slip. For me, I think they're just going to walk it. Absolutely. I mean, they already are. I think they're going to walk yeah. it. Uh, the, the only t other team that I can see that could could potentially get there is Mansfield, uh, but I just think they're too far away, and that that just shows that they are a very very good footballing team. Eight points ahead with a game in hand. Yeah, it, I think we're done already. I think it's over, isn't know, it? Yeah. I mean, Port, Port Vale got a point against them on Tuesday night. I'm. Port Vale fans weren't happy with just a point on it. Um, from yeah. what I was reading, what I was reading on the League Two the Facebook page, they think they could have got more out of it. And what was it they called Forest Green? Dirty cheats is what I've seen flying about a lot. And do you know what? I'm gonna on that point, um, Chris. You'll remember we played them earlier this season. I do. Exactly, exactly the same. Grant, we we were the better side, and they any time the ball went near them. Any player when they were on the floor, like it was horrific, um, but it's worked, and I think we can say that League Two's, barring some absolute catastrophe from Forest Green or something ridiculous in which, I mean, yeah, Mansfield are the are the informed team, but they've got to hit a dip in form at some point. Every team has a bad patch. Yeah, where's their dip in form going to come? But are they going to dip as much as uh, to let Mansfield come up to them? Where, how, they how don't always Man have a patch. They... Mansfield off their forty-five points, fourteen points behind, fourteen points behind, no games in hand. I, I just can't see it. Yeah, I can't see it. To, to be fair, to be fair, speaking of informed teams, Newport, Newport are an informed team as well. Uh, won four out of the last five. The the third in the table. Yeah, it's it's not going to be it's not going to be easy for anyone. But like we're saying that everyone has a dip in form. Sometimes they don't. 
you know, you look at it takes a special football team and not have a dip in form. And this will be for Forest Green. This will be the season that, like their fans, all sixty-seven of them, will say was the best season of their entire history. Thing is, the plans for Forest Green are huge. Mm. Um, this week, it's massive. So I seen this week. I am um, that the the plans came out for their new green football complex. The eco plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive. Looking at it now, there's it's a whole, um, a whole kind of there's housing there. They've got their training fields. I there's like eight eight, or diff, eight different bits on it. I um, yeah. I think you would obviously have an opinion on the stadium. I don't know how it's going to be treated, but I, I would imagine all, it's got a wooden stadium. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously there is, there's, you know, the fact that it is going to be an all wood stadium. Obviously, there has got to be some procedures in there. I mean, yeah. obviously, it just wouldn't happen. Oh, geez, I mean, there has to be. I mean, look at. I, I, work, yeah. I work in housing. You look at the cladding issue that's gone all around the country over the last few years since the whole Grenfell issue. Obviously, you go back historically to what's happened at football stadiums, namely yeah. with Bradford. There's obviously going to be some sort of treatment behind it, but yeah, serious, Definitely. serious money being put into this by Forest Green, and the, the owner is serious. The only that, thing, the so only just on that, got is that they're building it on a um, they're finding a, a they're building it on a site that's getting loads of Roman artifacts dug up on it, so wow. it's taking a lot longer than they're actually hoping for to do it because they're finding more and more when they're digging down. Um, so it seems to be taking longer and putting them off. Um, it's it's a mini man city. It's it's a mini man city. Looking at it, like looking at the map, they've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven football pitches outside of the stadium. Fantastic. They've got the stadium. There's a retail park. Um, but what I think Forest Green have have got, and no other club has got it. What's got them? This is the vegan stuff because yeah. it's it's a green energy company that is investing and, yeah, I mean, and it's... they wouldn't invest in no one else so they've put they've cornered that market and they're a very niche football club and it's 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 work i mean i, I would li i'll be lying if I, if I didn't say i was a bit jealous yeah it yeah, I'm, I'm totally I, impressed I, by it yeah i mean I've, I've i've touched on it before i'm not a big fan of their chairman i think he's uh, a bit of an arsehole, if I'm honest, especially on Twitter. Uh, I find him uh, quite abrupt, um, but that's my opinion. I know that, I, in fact, in the past, I've had uh, a couple of Twitter battles with him. Um, I mean, he owns the biggest eco-electricity company um, in the UK, which is Ecotricity, I think it is. So, mm -hmm. obviously, he's, that's where the money's coming in from. But so that's, you know that's what? The investment, yeah. I don't have a problem with what they're doing. I know that there's always the joke about the fact that they are vegans, but you know what? It works for them, you know. They've they've got a very good football inside. Um, they've they, for me, they've got the best two wing backs in League Two by a country mile, mm. which is why they're doing so well. Um, so yeah, and and again, it's I think we're already doing this as well. Is that we're going off Forest Green and we're talking about how many fans they've got, but we have to remember again. It ain't about how big the club is. It's how they play on the football pitch. I mean, if that was the case, then Bradford City should be in the championship near the top half. But we're not. Well, we're here where we are. Yeah. And and, and I, I, I agree completely. But you mentioned there about the wing-backs. And, you know, yeah, I, I agree. But looking at the entire 11, is there 
anyone in that entire eleven that you would? Obviously, it's hard because we don't follow other teams really. We, you know, I, we, we follow Bradford. You follow Hartlepool. Anyone in either of our two teams that would displace a single person in that eleven? No, 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 not all. I think if you said that you would put one of your players in that team, you're you're seeing through your own tinted glasses, your own club's colour tinted glasses. Right, they're just a phenomenal team. You look at every position. This week alone, you look at the team of the week this season, or this season, this week, got five of the five of the 11 players in the team of the week. Their manager was in the team of the week as well. And that's against a team that's second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, though, Grant, if it was a month ago, Fondop would have made it in that Fond- team. Fondop would be in the... It should be there, I think. Um, Which, more on Mike Fondop yeah. later tonight. Chris, 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 Chris will be shouting for him to get in in a couple of, in a yeah. couple of weeks' time. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I was shocked. 4-0, it shocked me at Tranmere. To lose at home 4-0, you hate seeing it, don't you? We all know how it feels. You go to a home game, you get absolutely battered, and then you go... That's my Saturday ruined. Yeah. To be fair, for me at the minute, if that happens, it's my week ruined. Like, it's, you know, I think that, I think that football fans at the minute are a lot more invested in what's happening because of, Obviously, what else is going on in the world? Like they, they've, we, we had it taken away from us for so long that I think that little things at the minute that maybe a few years ago wouldn't have been as much of a problem are now massive issues. Um, and I mean, I've just seen Tramia had um, Nat Nice per- Nat Knight Percival at the back for them against yeah. Forest Green. Explains a lot. They did against us. Yeah, but they beat us, so we don't talk about that. Yeah, but still, he had a blinder. He had an absolute blinder. He's, he's going to win it, though. He's going to have a blinder against us. That's the thing of footballers coming back to old clubs. They're going to. He's going to want to have a blinder. He's going to have that extra bit of drive about him. And but, I mean, yeah, obviously opinions on on Knight Percival. I I didn't think he was a great footballer. I, I still don't. And yeah, they conceded four this weekend. It's it's mad. To, to look at, it's a statement of intent, isn't it? And if you can batter the team in second 4-0, you can batter Where's teams the in the ball? league above. Yeah. yeah. You can go up and you can you can perform. If they can keep the, the main part of this se- this team together, which there's no reason that they can't, they'll be up. They, well, How I don't want to say they'll, they'll be up there. How far can they go? Yeah. Y- yeah. Um, can, they, can they go higher than Fleetwood? You know, that, you know, that kind of... You know, they were. They, I can't think of anybody. Is there anybody else um, who, who's come up that's like ended up in League One? Can they can they beat Fleetwood? I mean, Fleetwood were in the playoffs against us, weren't they? Uh, in League yeah. One. So, I mean, I think we all we all thought that this would have been Salford that were doing this, didn't we? When they came up, yeah, they had the class of '92 money coming in. They have the boy that's got stake in Valencia coming. I can't remember his name. We all thought that they were going to be the club that was going to go on sailing. All the part-time Man United fans going to them. Every game that they get on the BBC, or every game in League Two or FA Cup, there were League Two teams in it. Salford are shown. That's who we thought it was going to be. I am, um, but yeah, and it should have been. Let's be honest, it, it yeah. should have been. They're the, they're the money team. The, Forest Green, they've not spent stupid amounts of money. Yeah. Salford will be. Really, I mean, the tenth in the league, Salford at the minute, they've got to be really disappointed with this as a season, um, because 
in the league below. Disappointed every season that they're not in the playoffs. Of course, but you look in the league below, and there's what four or five teams that have a lot of money for that league. You look in this league, there isn't. Mm. Like this, this league was there for 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 the taking by a team that had a bit of money behind them, and they've they've failed. Well, yeah, I mean they've they've not failed. They're out. Obviously, it's not over yet, but. They can't consider this a, a success at the minute. They, they, they can't. Speaking of Salford, Bradford obviously signed Elliot from Salford. Um, made his debut the other night. Yeah, was his, was it the other night he made? Yeah, it was Tuesday. Didn't come on on Saturday, did he? Yes, I think he might have come on for a couple of minutes. Come on so on. I, I wasn't there, guys. I was on holiday enjoying the Rapids in Centre Park, so Chris is my voice for Saturday. Um <laughs> But Tuesday he came on, and I'm not going to lie to you. I was more impressed with him than I thought I was going to be. I didn't think he was like you. You, you look at his stats, and it's the first thing you do when you sign a player. Look I wasn't him. impressed. Yeah, he's a striker. Yeah. But you know what, Tom Elliott has done really well. I, I've I've followed Tom quite a bit, and I know he scored a few. He scored at least a couple of goals against us. Uh, he's he he looks the part. Uh, he, he seems very professional. He wants to do a job for City. Um, a good luck to him. I hope he does really well. I just think yeah. that at the moment, it doesn't matter if you, if you had anyone in this team. Uh, everyone used to say Ronaldo or Messi, but now they're getting a bit old. I'd probably say Haaland. I don't think Haaland would do very well in this team at the moment. Um, but yeah, he looked all right. He looked he looked okay. It's just, um, again, two very, very disappointing games at home. And... I'm, I'm going to say that I absolutely do not agree with Derek Adams after Tuesday night, where he said we had, you know, um, do- we dominated the game. We we had more shots than they did. We didn't have a shot on target until something like the 56th minute. We didn't have. I think we maybe had like off target wise. I think we, you know, might have done. I think we had, was the two shots on target the entire game for Bradford. Um, there was, but just on that, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask I'm gonna ask you because I was talking to Grant about this earlier, so. After Saturday's game, we lost 2-1 to Crawley. He came out and he openly criticised players that had made mistakes. And people went nuts. You can't do that. That's the wrong thing to do. Blah, blah, blah. Whether it's the right or wrong thing to do, that ain't my place to say it. Ain't yours. Like it's, that's how he works as a manager. And I think when that happens, players have got two choices. They either go, I'm not having that. I'm going to prove him wrong. Or they go, I'm not having that. I'm going to leave. And that shows in that shows to me the, the type of player that we've got. But he did that on Saturday and people went nuts. On Tuesday, he tried to focus on a positive. He didn't say shots on target. He said and we, we did have more chances than them. Granted, but you've got to look. Very it was very minimal, okay. mate. I mean, look, when we were sat together, Andy Cook score uh, sorry, Andy Cook's header wasn't on target. It was two or three inch wide. That doesn't count as a shot on target. No, of so, course it doesn't. But, but, but the, that's the point. But which do you want from the manager? Do you want okay. the manager to come out and be a hard ass and criticise, or do you want mm-hmm. him to try and find a positive, which will then, tr- because that's what he's doing. He's trying to find a positive that he then hopes the players will go. We did well. We had chances. We just need to get them on target. We're there. We're nearly there. Or does he criticise them and like the fans are, are up in arms about both? But there's, right. there's only one or the other. So for me, I do not agree with coming out into the press and abusing or giving, you know, criticizing players. When he does that, I mean, they all seem to go. I remember when uh, Crankshaw uh, set up an assist, 
and um, you know Jamie Rayner said, "Oh, you know Ollie, Ollie did really well when he came on," and and and, and he was like, oh, "Did you think so? I thought he was absolutely terrible." Listening to Gary Jones before the game on BBC Radio Leeds, he was saying, "I don't agree with that style of football, of football management." Um, he said that I've you know, I players are in their right to just you know just to walk off after that. If you've got a problem with a player and you've got an issue with him, you tell it in the dressing room. You, the, the fans do not need to hear you criticise the players. And I think that that style is, is incredibly... In fact, you know what? It's incredibly unprofessional. And all it's going to do is cause frictions in the team. And I don't agree with it. I think it's completely wrong. When you're talking about the positive thing, um, as well, I think that he was... It was almost like he'd watched a completely different game to his all. I felt numb when we went one nil down. I was numb. Do you know what? I wasn't even. I wasn't. I wasn't fuming. I wasn't um, obviously happy. I was just numb. I was just like, oh well. Yeah, you, you said that to me. You just said, that. I don't feel anything. I don't feel and anything. It's not a nice thing to to have, I suppose, when you're watching your team. Sorry, Grant. I know that this is obviously. But no, no. I. I, I, um, I was. We I'm need looking to touch through. Anything. I'm looking through messages because I'm sure when. User one nil down. Our message dead. Yeah, your message. I think you said something like, "What's going on?" Something like that. But no, it was half just the game. On... Which went good result tonight, lads. Dot dot dot. But on, just on on that, he's he's done the opposite of what he did Saturday. Fans were up in arms about what he did Saturday. So on Tuesday, he did the opposite, and he he looked at the game and he said, "Do you know what?" I, I, I we had twelve opportun- We had twelve opportunities I, to their five. I, I, don't, I don't agree with that. I think you're you're saying the two different things, and I don't think they are. I don't think it's one or the polar opposites at all. I think that um, unfortunately Derek does not do him any fa- himself any favors. Um, for me, and I'm being honest. I, I mean, I am still believe it or not. I am still Adams in. I still think he can turn the club around. But I think there's certain things about the football club that he needs to learn about and about the fans. He needs to learn about the tradition of Bradford City. Some, okay, uh, uh, right. Okay, yeah, no, I, I agree on that. There's obviously, yeah, you, you know my you know my reasons, you know my circumstances. Yeah. Um, but on on that, I agree to, to an extent, but we're talking about traditions and we're talking about Bradford City. Our, the main part of our history, we bounced between League One and Two. Like, yeah. like we, we, yeah, and and for a lot of fans, they remember we we were very very lucky to have Phil Parkinson in charge and to yeah. see what we saw, and I think that spoiled us. But yes, he does. He's he's doing things a bit different. He is doing things different. We've never, ever had a manager. We had Stuart McCall in charge, and everyone said Stuart McCall is too nice. We have got the complete opposite yeah. at this point. And that's and what he, I like he, about him. Yeah, that's and he's, like he's, 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 he's gone out, whether it's right or wrong, is up for debate, because it's a personal opinion as to whether it's right or wrong. Absolutely. If it was... But that's how he's choosing to do it. So we either need to stick by him and go, do you know what? At the end of this season, if he carries on doing this, if he carries on saying, you weren't good enough, you made a mistake. Because, and again, I'll, I'll mention something else in a minute because I mentioned it to Grant Early. If he keeps doing this, at the end of the season, the squad of players that we're going to have are going to be, they're going to have the thickest skin of any football team in the league. Because, 
Right, he'll weed out the, the weak ones. Right, what? Ask this to ask this to Liam earlier. How long do you give him? He has to have at least. He, for me, he has to have uh, an, another year from okay. now. And I know that that is an unpopular opinion, and I know there'll be Bradford fans who will probably be going to hammer me for this, and I get it. But for me, we are. I'm sick of us. Oh, sirens going off. Um, Chris lives in a really, in a really rough pot. It sounded, sounded like a UFO going past your house. Yeah, going on there. <laughs> he needs a year. He needs to have. He needs to have a year. Uh, and as I said, it's an unpopular opinion for Bradford. Oh, here we go again. Popular uh, opinion for Bradford City fans. But we can't keep chopping and changing. We need to stick by him. He's done it everywhere else. I have no doubt that he will do it for us. It's just I feel that there are certain aspects of his uh, style when he goes onto the, you know, onto the radio that I don't like. And, and, that, that's and, and, and I think, uh, to be fair, do I, you... Do I think he's... Do I think you'll get the playoffs this season? No. no. I don't think you will. Um, I think you'll finish probably in around where you are just now. Um, he's have to do it next season. Yeah, has to. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. I mean, and I think that the transfer window has been poor. But we see this every season about Bradford. Every season yeah, we see this. You have to be in and about the playoffs. A club like Bradford's got to be there. If you're not there, it's a failed season. Mm. I mean, how I many mean, like, failed seasons can you have? I can see why your fans are unhappy and why there's a split. I, I mean, to, to be fair, it's a, it's a strange one. If you go on social media after the game, you, it's probably I would say seventy five percent, eighty percent fans, and I'm, that's the figure. I'm just it's not. I haven't done a, a poll or anything, but seventy five, eighty percent of fans are saying Adams out, Adams out, Adams out. You let that that feeling of straight after the game die down. And you mm. ask them the next day, and it's actually the majority of it is Adams in, and the, and these are people like on Facebook. I think you see that yeah. everywhere. You see when you look on it's, social it's forums after a game, if you have a bad result, I am um, who was it said this earlier on? Mickey Barron said this I am um, about us because I think he's good friends with Graham Lee. He says everyone's very quiet when you get a good result, or social media is a quiet place when you have a good result. When you have a bad yeah. result, it's the loudest place in the world. Social media and I don't know if it's some footballers can. I don't know how some football players can go on and be there after a bad result. They've they've got to have thick skin. Mm. And, can I go and back and talk that. about transfers? Mm. Yeah, you, you can just before you do. This is a point that I made to you, Grant, earlier, and you you can back me on this. And I want to say this to Chris with Derek Adams. Obviously, Derek Adams shoulders the blame in the fans' eyes for a lot of the the results. You know, when we're getting draws and things like that. But you said yourself. To, to me, obviously, when we were speaking, you said on Saturday when we played Crawley, first half we were phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah. We were amazing. Second half we weren't. That's the same players. It, but it was different tactics in the second half. And one, but thing we, but one thing that we did in the second half, mate, is that we came out and we dropped 10, 10 yards back and we invited pressure on from a team who looked in the first half like they would never score in a thousand minutes. You know, and that that was the problem. And also, I am going to mention this as well. Uh, Adams was hammering Finkers and Dawson. Now, the way that those tactics worked were that the uh, wing-backs were starting to tuck in. So, of course, there was space for them to score. Of course, that happened. I'm not saying that Finkers and Dawson wasn't at fault for it. 
But that was exactly what was happening. And that was the tactics that happened for that game. And that is part of the reason why we lost. So, and I know what you're saying. It's, it's the same players. However, I do believe those tactics were completely wrong. Maybe maybe, maybe for that game, but I think my point is it's, it's most games we're watching. It's a tale of two halves and... Yeah, that's right. Nothing's, that's, nothing's stopping. No, but on, on Tuesday, for example, how many times did we turn to each other and go, we should have buried that? Mm. Like, because, yes, Derek Adams has said, we had 12 shots. Were they all on target? No. But a lot of them were this close to being yeah. on target. And it's like a, a, a header from Andy Cook. You know, Pordy had a shot from probably 30 yards. And I, I love that guy. Like, for me, perfect choice as captain to replace Canavan. Um, but, yeah. I think this, is, this, is, this is exactly your problem, though. You said this. I think you highlighted this to me the other month. I'm going to say a thing that I hate, XG. Mm, I yeah. do. If, if, yeah. if the table was done on XG, you'd be flying high. Mm. You aren't. Because it's a ball here away here, it's a ball here away there. At the end of the day, the ball's not going in the net. It's not. I can't talk as, as, as a Hartlepool fan <laughs> about the ball not going <laughs> in the net because we are not but on that, either. But on that there, right, that to me shows that the tactics are producing the chances. We've, we're getting the chances. We're just not, we're not putting them away. Well, you know, I, he can't he can't control Andy Cook missing a header from six yards out. No, he can't. You know. He can't. But but I think that there's different ways of it. And I mean, to be honest, I think we'll probably we'd, we'd end up talking about this for hours. Um, and I, I think, like you know, I, tell I was going to say, can we start talking about some other football club? Who's yeah, there is no other football club. Everyone else, everyone else that's listening to this will be going, "Fuck's sake, yeah, for the game." They'll be pissing themselves. Talk a little bit about transfers because I mean, we started talking about transfers and then segue then. Well, I was going to say, should we not get the Oldham fan on? Yeah, Chris, are you ready? Should we get him on? Let's get him on. Let's Let's get him on. So, ladies and gentlemen, this is um, this is Chris, and he's uh, he's now joining us. I want to say live, but it's not. Chris, welcome. (laughs) He just followed me on Twitter. Okay, so, uh, guys, we're joined by at France OAFC. It's called Chris. He's an Oldham fan. He's going to let us know why he's called France OAFC. Probably a bit obvious, but, you know, we'll let you uh, take it away. Uh, Chris, introduce yourself. Tell us a bit about your Oldham journey. Right, yeah, yeah. My name's Chris, Chris Stringer. I live in France. I live in Brittany in France. Uh, Long-suffering Oldham fan, because I'm a, you know, I'm an Oldham fan, we all suffer. Been going since 71, so a long time. Seen us go up, down, through the Premier League and uh, back down. And uh, the demise, the demise, the demise. Uh, moved to France in 2007, but kept me allegiance with the club. You know, I mean, I can't obviously go to matches. Last match I attended was 2017. I was with John Sheridan. Don't want to mention that, name dropping. Um, however, um, at the, you know... As, a, as an outsider looking in, it's, it's really difficult to follow Oldham at the moment because I'm trying to do it by the internet, but obviously it's all going on. There's so many different parties and fractions and everybody's arguing and it's, it's just really difficult to get a real feel. But we seem to have just all of a sudden come together 
under the great banner of, let's call it Shesurrection Part 3, because this guy has come to save us. He's going to pop six. John Part Sheridan, six. He's Part six. We've been pedantic there. <laughs> it's the third time he's saved us. That's, let's put it that way. It, well, he's not saved you yet. He's not saved you yet. But we'll, we'll, come, to, we'll come to Sheridan in a minute, because I think what we... We've, anyone who watched last week or the week before, I think he, I think he's been on both podcasts. His name, um, Chris, has some interesting opinions, and I'd like him to share his opinions. Oh, and then we invited yeah. an Oldham fan to come on and combat those opinions because, like you say, he's he's here to to save you. He's got to save you because if he doesn't, you're the first Premier League club to drop out of the football league. And I'm not. Gonna I was going to touch on that. That is not a badge you want to be hit with. No, to be fair, is. and I think I think Chris, and to be fair, you Grant, you'll know as well. I think last season there were some points where we thought we were going to be that club. Yeah, um, we did. No, it we was. Did. It's, it's a horrible feeling. So, Chris Bradford, Chris, we're going to have to call Bradford, Chris, and Alden, Chris, um, Bradford, Chris. Let's talk about John Sheridan. Last week you yeah. made some comments. Do you want me to so, remind you what they are? Oh, yeah, please do. So you don't <laughs> understand. You you don't understand how he keeps getting jobs. Yeah. You don't. You think he's a terrible manager. Mm-hmm. Um, you think that he's got something <laughs> on chairmans in these leagues yeah. um, to be able to continue yeah. getting jobs. You can't understand why people keep on giving <laughs> him opportunities. Yeah. <laughs> so, Did you go through, you go I, through I, and quote him? I, 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 yeah, I watched it earlier. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let, I'll let me tell you why. I'll tell you why. And I know that... He, do you know what? John Sheridan for Oldham, he's like Stuart McCall for Bradford. I would say that. You know, I think if Stuart McCall came back now, if he did come back, I wouldn't be happy. But um, I think he's had, I looked earlier on, it's something like 14 different jobs in 20 years. John Sheridan seems to disappear after a year. He, um, I mean, recently he was at Swindon. They, if you look at anything about Swindon, they absolutely hated him. Look at what he did at Chesterfield. He very much, they nearly went out of um, in you know, out of the conference. Um, Plymouth, I think he was at his, I can't remember when that was, but that he didn't do very well there. But it just seems to be that he just keeps coming back with these jobs in, in, the, in the divisions. And I, for me, I don't understand it. I really don't get it at all. Um, but like I say, he's average... Um, his average job seems to be about a year and then, he, and then he'll fuck off to another club. You know that that's that's how I see it. He, you know he, he's always happy to move to a different club every two minutes. I mean, we're talking now. What is it? Part six for Oldham. I mean, what does that say to you? Part three, three, three. Part three. I mean, it's well. Uh, so so let's have a look. One, two, three, four, five. Oh. No, it's six. So oh. yes, two of them were caretakers. However. One of his caretaker stints was 13 games. So, and I think that can be counted as a, as a stint. Yeah. That's not a caretaker. Over Brad, for Bradford over the last 12 months, that's the, that's our, that he'd be the fifth highest ranked manager in our history. Yeah. Bookies would um, pay out on that. Bookies pay out 10 games or more, don't they? So I'll go, we'll go yeah. by. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so if we're going on 10 games or more, it's his fifth stint. First, okay. time, first time was one game. That's fine. Um, he, yeah, 2003 to 2004, 13 games. He, but then he left. 2006 came back three years, 151 games. He left, went to Chesterfield for three years. He left Chesterfield in 2012 and went to Plymouth from January 2013 
to May 2015, so about 18 months there. No, no. Just, yeah. Uh, no, no, two and a half years there, sorry. Um, then he went to Newport, which lasted three and a half months. And this is where Chris's point, I think, comes, because up until that point, bear in mind, we are, we've just hit 2015. From 2015 to now, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven jobs as a manager. In not seven years yet, we're, we're, we're coming up to seven years. Um, so yeah, Newport to Oldham, Oldham to Notts County, back to Oldham, to Fleetwood, to Carlisle, to Chesterfield, to Waterford, which is a strange one in that list. It's the odd one out. <laughs> Wigan, Swindon, and now back at Oldham. And I think Chris has kind of got a point because he's not a loyal bloke. I mean, he's loyal to you guys because he's come back several times, but it, I get what you're saying about him saving you, but it re this reads to me that if he can't save you, he'll just give up and leave. I think um, I think what you, I think what you said about him, him not being liked to other clubs. I think you're absolutely spot on with that. And we we've had a few messages of uh, good luck and all the best from, especially a lot of Swindon fans. There's a lot of hate from from Swindon town, uh, which I understand. However, certain managers fit certain clubs. Look at David Miles. He was brilliant at Everton. He went to one of the biggest clubs in in the world. I, I hate them. Then the road, them red people, and uh, you know. And it just didn't work out, did it? You know what I mean? Look at him now. He's at West Ham. He's knocking down. He's knocking down trees. He's fantastic. Certain managers fit certain clubs. John Sheridan fits Old Athletic. The feeling, the feel-good factor. Last week, the crowd were buzzing. We had 8,200 8, in there. All right, Roxdale brought 2,000, which is, I don't know who's done that. We're going to get 1,500 at home, then blighters. <laughs> we we, we outnumbered them last week. We outnumbered them last week. I mean, you know, I mean look, they look, they look, Forrest Green look good, Roxdale, don't they, on the quiet? But yeah. on the, the upside is, is give us a good feeling. We've got the feeling back in the ground. The fans are buzzing. We've been a bit let down on the transfer window because... I'm not going to mention it. Well, I will do one then. We, we sound... oh, we, we if you don't, we oh, are. If you don't, yeah, if you don't mention yeah. it, I'll mention it. <laughs> well, 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 luckily, we were really lucky we got Michael Fondot, Mickey Fondot, because we were so lucky. <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh, lads. Honestly, Chris, if you could if you could see our group chat... I've seen, like, I've seen your first podcast and that, when, when it comes yeah, out. Oh, no, no. When, when, when you told me because we, we obviously, we spoke the other day and you said to me, oh, the thing is, he was so innocent, Chris, right? He went, we're, we're, um, we're signing this, this, this guy called um, Michael Fondop. And I just went, where's my phone? Where's my phone? I, I was that. like, he was in Asda, he was in Asda. Grant, really was in Asda. Yeah. Grant was in a car park under the supermarket. Was, right, so I'll give, you, I'll give you a picture of what I was doing. So I was in Asda doing my shop and I was speaking to the guy at the cell, I'd done my, the self-scan thing and I had to get selected for a random bag check. Boy comes over to us, notices I had a Hartlepool mask on because we still need to wear masks up here. And he went, oh, you won't like me. I'm like, how? He goes, I'm an Oldham fan. And I goes, by the way, we're doing a podcast this weekend. We need to get an Oldham fan on. And uh, so if you're listening, hi. I'm, he followed the podcast when I was there. So He's, the other one. He's the other one of us, yeah. It's not that John, is it? He said to me, he went, we really need a big striker. <laughs> and then I come downstairs to the car park to you boys telling us he's signed Fondop. Well, you, said uh, he's a big lad. you said he's a big lad. 
massive lad. He's like yeah. six four. Yeah. 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 He's a big, strong guy, right? He's but he's got the first touch of an elephant. Wow. So he'll do well at our place then. <laughs> well. I mean, you know, I, I bet you, I bet you he scores against us. I hope, I hope he scores against a few teams. I mean, I mean, our problem isn't John Sheridan. Our problem, as you know, being an Oldham fan, it goes back longer than that. It goes back even before our new, our current owner, Mister Lamsagam. You know, Abdallah. We've we've had we've, we're a club in turmoil, and uh, you know, and we have been since since two thousand and four. We've been going down. Well, we've been longer than that, really. But we've we've been a, a, a bit of a laughing stock by by in the sense of owners. The last one, sort of, with the, the current owner, he didn't do his due diligence and. Obviously, he's he's bought a, a piece of shit, really, in our club with all the quiet. And obviously, it's going downhill. And uh, and now he's pulled out. He's got his brother in charge of picking the team and sporting director. All he's got is FIFA 22, his brother. You know what I mean? We, we, we're doomed. We're doomed. We really are doomed as a club. We need to get the, the feel-good factor back to us. And it come in the shape of John Sir John Sheridan, who I know Chris Bradford doesn't rate immensely. And he's had more jobs, you know, than... Uh, the, the people on the, the Apprentice. However, I just think he's the man to do it. And I tell you what, next year, when we're up at Valley Parade and turning you over and Fondock scoring his hat-trick, you'll be regretting this conversation. I'm telling I mean, you. I mean, in fairness, as things are now, you nearly turned us over this year. So, like, we've got a, we've got a couple of yours in a, in a few weeks. Um, I mean, but just... Go on, Chris. I'll let you. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. I, I think Chris makes a really good point there. And I think, you know, listening in, and you're right, you need that feel-good factor for Oldham fans. And obviously, John Sheridan is that man. You know, no, it doesn't matter what I think of him as a manager. And I absolutely completely agree with what you say. Certain managers are right for certain clubs. He knows everything about the club. He knows everything about the fans. He knows the expectations. Um, and to be honest with you, I really hope the best for you all. I, do, I really do. It's, it's been a really, really shit time for Oldham. I've always liked Oldham. I remember uh, watching Oldham in the Premiership with Andy Ritchie and, you know, was it the FA Cup semi-final, the two games against Man United? Um, you know, I, I I have got a little bit, you know, and I, I get it. And I really do hope, you know, that you guys get sorted. I really do. Do you know what? Do you know what reminds what this reminds me of? What you're saying, the feel good factor coming in, the position you have been in. It was a couple of years ago, so the year before Hartlepool get relegated out of League Two. So there was the great escape season when mm. we were rock bottom, probably as close to the bottom, even probably even further. I think we were 14, 15 points adrift, and then Ronnie Moore came in, and it was the start of the great escape. He was like, he says, "I'm going to keep you up." He brought in players like Aaron Tishibola, um, Jordan Hugel, who's now playing in, uh, in the championship up front. Sorry, my dog's just freaking out at something. Um, and then we ended up staying up at the last game of the season, and it was brilliant. I can't stand it. Reminds me of that. That's a, that's a story for another day. I think. I, I'm all, not... all we just want is we just want to listen. If we go down, if we fall out of the football league, yeah. If we fall out of the football league, trying. I'll, I'll, we've got to accept that. We, we've got a poor squad. However, we've had Keith Curl, who honestly, he, you know, he, he sends people to sleep. Our standing manager, Salim, uh, he was just, he, well, he didn't know what he was doing. He said, he said, quote, this is the quote from the manager after we drew nil-nil at Barrow. Well, 
they, to be fair, Barrow are a good team. I thought that's it. We're doomed. We are doomed. I mean, I'm sorry, Barrow fans, but you're not a good team, and we should be turning you over. With all respect, we're coming for you, and we're going to get you, and we're going to get in front of you. You, as Scunthorpe, Carlisle, you can all fight out between yourself because us, John Sheridan, we're staying up. I'm telling you now, we're staying up. I hope you yeah, do. I, I, I hope you do. Just, just on that, that feel good factor, and I think it's it's important to look at. So we we look at your your last league game at home before yeah. you just played Rochdale at the weekend but the last league game before you had an attendance of 4,693 on Saturday you had 8,199 wow. for the return yeah. of John Sheridan and that's fantastic but Matt I suppose my question on it is if you've got the owner who's by the sounds no longer interested why would Sheridan come back what have they said to him mm. to bring him back like because so for us for example uh, with, with us, we were taken over in 2017, I think it was, Chris, 2016, yeah. 17, around then. Yeah. And we had Phil Parkinson in charge. And and for me, I, I hands up will say Phil Parkinson did miracles with our club. Like, best manager I've seen. Yes, Paul yeah. Jewell took us to the Premier League. Paul Jewell had Premier League money. Phil Parkinson had a League Two budget and did unreal. Yeah. But Phil Parkinson didn't even manage our team for a single game. He saw the owners come in and he just walked. He said, I'm not managing under them. He said, the writing's on the wall. And to be fair to a degree, especially with Edin, who's no longer the man uh, in charge, no longer one of the owners, he was right. For me, what have they said to Sheridan to bring him in? Unless they've just thrown a load of money at him. Well, well, well firstly, they haven't thrown a load of money at him. And, and our understanding as fans, yeah, we were told before it, before it was announced that John Sheridan had actually offered the club his services free of charge. And this is what this is what came out before. He offered the club to come in to to fight to fight the fire to help us out to give the fact to give us a bit of a chance back to, to probably just give us a, a, a hope of staying up. He offered his services free of charge apparently. So there's been no um, there was no offer from the club to Mr Sheridan at this point. And then we lost three 0 at Harrogate. Well, we we got battered three 0 we were looking to get nil. They, they only got three, I don't know. The fans were literally... I've never seen fans as quiet... I've seen the video. And the video, it, 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 was, it was toxic. It was toxic towards our players, towards the man. I didn't like the manager, but I, I felt for him. How he walked in that tunnel and didn't shite himself, I don't know. But they had no option that night than to get rid of him. Because they were... I mean, something would have burnt the club then. <laughs> they've had bullets in the post. You know, they've had all sorts. Something bad would have happened. And I don't condone any of that. But what I will say is, something had to happen. That night, they had a reaction. They made an immediate reaction and they appointed Sir John. So, from that, then the, the, uh, we've also been announced that we have for sale and they're going to back us to stay, you know, financially. We haven't seen that side of it. We've still got this embargo hanging, out, hanging over our heads. So, as, as a club, it's a bit of a, you know, we're, we're in truck financially stuck. But do you think we've got, we've got this fantastic player coming free of charge from from Hartlepool United? Apparently, he's unlike a donkey, and uh, <laughs> he can score goals. Hartlepool <laughs> never saw him score a goal. They never saw him have no. a shot on target. I've seen his video. He's got three passes on his video. His highlights videos: two goals and three passes. So <laughs> I'm looking forward to this club. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I hope he does well because I, I want to just I want to see. Jeff Sterling say his name, then I can flick on eye follow and and watch watch it go in, and I'll do a lap around my living room. You see, Jake, a big factor of bringing Sheridan in, as you said, 
the owners are, are kind. The owners kind of lost the fans. I think that's fair to say. Yeah. yeah. Do you think him bringing Sheridan in has been a tactical move on his behalf? Going, look, I need to win the fans over. I need bums on seats to bring cash into this club to make us viable. Do you think that was a tactical move on his behalf, trying to bring him back in to try and win the fans back over? I don't think it was a tactical thing. I think it was he had no option. I mean, I think what he has probably realised is, as you said, the, the game before there was four thousand there, and by the way, that four thousand was the official attendance. It wasn't there wasn't four thousand people in the ground. There was probably about sixteen hundred in the ground. These these are the season ticket holders. You, you know how it works, lads. They, they fiddle the figures. It works, it works one way of the tax office, another way for the attendances. However. I think what he's probably saw last Saturday was, hang on a minute, this, they've probably seen, it's like, a bit like Jim Bowen, he's what he could have won. Stupidly, they haven't invested into the club. They've left us They've left us to rot. And now we are for sale, but hopefully I'm hoping that, fingers crossed, that a new investor will see what the potential is at Oldham Athletic and Boundary Park. I mean, we're, we're never going to be massive, massive supporting, but if we can get eight, 9,000, 10,000 fans in there, I'll be happy and the investor will be happy with that. It'd be good for us. On on that there, speaking of investors, we were almost taken over uh, a few months ago. Well, I say almost taken over. There was an offer um, from Wagme United, an American investment like conglomerate that's been put together. We've refused because they had a fallout with our chairman about the way they handled things. But they're still looking. And if I yeah. was then, Oldham are a... They're, they're, they're a they're a punt worth taking. But on that, right, what you've just said there is quite similar to what our fans are saying at the minute. And I know I don't, Bradford Chris may disagree with me here, but about the owner not investing. So my question is, and this is not just a question to, to you, it's a question to anyone who's questioning their owners at the minute. We've just gone through two years where 15, 16 months of it, there were no fans. Yeah. How do you think that the club's still going? Like the away accommodation prices were still there. The coaches were still there. Players were still having to get paid. You know, if the club was running, staff weren't furloughed. Like, our owner gets a lot of stick, and, and I see him get a lot of stick on Twitter, and I bite my tongue quite a lot because I just think maybe he's not invested what people, where people want him to invest. But if he wasn't there, he's he's got to have put a lot of money in to keep our club running, and your owner's got to have done the same. Because if he didn't, I mean, if he didn't care, and he's got to care, it's, it's his investment, it's his money. If he didn't care, he just like he would let you rot. He'd have, you'd have gone. You wouldn't have survived COVID. And that's that's the same with us. We get our our I, owner gets a lot of stick, and Chris, you'll agree, he gets a lot of stick. But I I don't think that just goes for Oldham and Bradford. It goes the same for Hartlepool as well, and I think probably goes yeah. the same for every League Two club. Yeah. Um, you look at, I see comments, I've seen comments all the time before the transfer window. People going, oh, Raj Singh, he's got to, we've got to another, um, got another round of the cup. Money's just going in his pocket. He's lining his pockets. And I think everyone's probably seen that about their chairman at some point. Yeah. Yeah. But we, when, with us, so, 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 well, with us, it's like we sold Ollie Crankshaw earlier this season and then on transfer we're going to obviously we uh, that's a, a different section but transfer wise we sold Canavan our captain on deadline day and people are going where's the Canavan money where's the Crankshaw money and it's like over the last two years that man has probably lost 
well over a million pound because we oh, know what our annual, costs yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. Like our, our stadium costs are, are are insane, and then the wages on top. Like our wage budget is, I think one point two million. It's reported at something like that. One point two, one point three million. He's paid that for twelve months and more. And at the same time, paid a stadium on top. That money's come from somewhere. And do you know what? Yes, we've sold Ollie Crankshaw. We don't know what we got for him. It's undisclosed. I hate that term. I hate the term undisclosed because it doesn't help the situation. If they came out and said Ollie Crankshaw was sold for £10,000, no one would be moaning. No one would be going, where's the Crankshaw money? Because ten grand do not take you nowhere in this league. But if they came out and said it was four hundred grand, there'd be an argument. But yeah, he's yeah. if he's taking money out, which I don't think he is, and I, I, we, you know... Chris, you know, if you have a question to, to to Bradford City, you ask that question and you will get an, an answer. Um, it, the, yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's I mean, a strange one. Going going back, so on kind of investments into into Oldham. Yeah. Obviously, the big outlook on this is to survive, to stay in the league. Absolutely. If the worst case happens. And you get relegated down to the national. Where do you see the investment coming from in Oldham? How long do you foresee it being until you return back into the league if that was to happen? It's a good question. There are current investors apparently in the background lining up to to buy, but I, I think this is all subject to what they're going to be buying. I mean, at the end of the day, our stadium was owned by somebody else, and somebody it's all it's all different parts now. All people are going to be buying basically is the club, the old athletic, the league status of all athletic, the badge, the team, and basically um, it's not worth a great deal of money that. But and if we lose our lose our league status, it's worth even less. And I take on board what you say about the investment before Mr. By Lamsagan, but it's been hard for him. I've not called him direct. I'm not calling directly, but he, and he has stacked the club up, and we're still here today trading as old athletic. Thank the Lord. However. What's going to happen in the next six months? Who knows? But if we do drop out of the league, um, I do fear, well, we've been plummeting since the Premier League. So why, why is it just going to stop at the, the national? I mean, you know, that's our fear as Latics fans. It, when's it going to stop? You know, we just keep going. We've had all these people in the past, Chris, but we're coining. It's, it's a history of just, you know, bad owners. We need somebody, maybe fan ownership, something good that's going to come out of it. Look, I mean, look at Brentford, Exeter. These clubs have turned themselves around, haven't they? And, and they, I mean, Brentford are an example to us all, aren't they? And do you, you have know, a so, I mean, supporters' trust. Yeah, yes, we do. Yeah, but but again, we've now got warring factors. Like the other, get, we've had messages in the background from people saying, "Don't come on the podcast. Watch what you're saying." Certain individuals and other people saying, "Because there's certain groups, and there seems to be conflict within the fans." And, and one thing I would like to get across: if there's any of our fans listening, listen, lads. We've all got our own opinions. We've all got our ideas where it's coming from. We've all got, you know, who's at fault. But one thing at the end of the day, we're all Oldham fans, yeah? Let's stick together. Let's stop bitching and arguing with each other. And, you know, we've all got one common cause. And, you know, if we don't like a player, let's not boo them off. But let's, you know, let's G them up a bit and let's hope that Sheridan can bring us over this, this finishing line and stick together under the badger lattice. You know, God, Bennett, we, let's stop arguing, lads. You know, we, we, we're too long in two for me getting on with all this now. We, you know, we've got to survive. We've got to survive. And the only way to survive is if we stay, and I'll say United, I hate that work, and I said red gets down the road, but we've got to stay united together behind our club and support Old Athletic. And one cause, one club, support the team, not the regime. I don't give a shit about the, the, all the phrases, but do keep the faith, please. 
I don't know about you guys, but I think that's a perfect way. That's the ending. Perfect ending. Spot on. Right. So, Chris. Thanks for coming on. Um, one thing that you guys didn't pick up on right right there as, as Chris disconnected, because um, through the magic of editing, there's been a bit of cutting. I, we made a deal with Chris, and that's if um, if Mike Fondop scores for Oldham in any of the next, I think we said three games. Said three games. Three games. three games. <laughs> We're going to be sweating on that last game. If he scores in any of those three games, all three of us will buy an Oldham shirt with Fondop on the back and we'll record an entire <laughs> podcast. Wearing it. Do you know the worst thing? So I was looking at the fixtures. Do you know who they play this weekend? Oh, they don't. They play Scunthorpe this weekend. Do you know what I'm going to do? Because I think it's funny. If I do have to get it, I'm going to get his name on the back, but spelled incorrectly. So I'm going to get Fondop. Fondop. <laughs> Um, and then just act like it's not right act like it's correct um but yeah you know that's a good insight chris we we cut it there with him and said that's it you know get gone because that was the point that i think needed to be nailed in with oldham fans like even if you come on any oldham fans have an issue with what he's said in terms of his opinions come on next week we'll have a chat but as long as the ending is the same and you're all pulling in the right direction, that's all this is about as as football yeah. fans. So yeah, yeah Chris, we're all we're maybe. all football fans at the end of the day. Like, we all yeah. we all want the same thing. As Chris said, there's, there's different factions in every single football group, uh, every single football club. But we all want we've all got a common goal. We all want to win games and get the, yeah. the business end of the league. I, yeah. By the way, I, I loved having him on. It was great having a, our first Fantastic. guest being being Chris. No, thanks again, mate. That was it was brilliant. Amazing. Just a point, you said first guest, but last week my missus walked past. Um, That's true. That's and true. it was in the video. So technically, my missus' pajamas were the first boss catch. That's true. That's true. Um, so, Grant, before we, before we brought Chris in, we wanted to try and keep Chris central. We're going to let you have a your, your chat. You wanted to talk about transfers. No, it's what uh, we touched earlier on about transfers coming into clubs. There's a few that I've seen that have just. Uh, the, 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 blown my mind coming in. We spoke about the rise and rise of Mansfield just now. Yeah. They've yeah. Been Matty Longstaff? Yeah, what a signing. What a signing. Matty Longstaff in League Two? The, 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 only thing I would, the only thing I would say about Matty Longstaff is I, I do wonder, and I could be completely wrong, whether he was just a flash in the pan because I can't remember what club he was on loan at. I want to say it was Hibs this season and I don't think he's actually touched. I don't think he's actually been, uh, even had a minute. I, I'm sure I read something on Twitter about that. So with Matty Lonstar, but he still... He was at Aberdeen. Aberdeen, right, yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, to bring in a player of that quality, um, I mean, their transfer, you know, the, the way they work in the transfer window, I am incredibly jealous of every, you know, for the last year and a half, at least two years, very jealous that David Sharp, um, what is he now? He's only still about 31, or ex-Wigan chairman, gone to Mansfield and is absolutely turning them around and business that they've done is is just phenomenal. They've also yeah. brought in Jamie Murphy as well from Hibs. I think that's also a phenomenal signing for them. It is. Yeah. I I mean they're a club as you said, they're on the rise and I, I just don't see it stopping. I if I was a Mansfield fan, I wouldn't be happy with just the playoffs just now. They're yeah. really pushing for an auto spot. Do you know what? No, I don't think anyone would begrudge them an auto spot. I would love to see Mansfield go up. I, I mean, it'd begrudge it. resorts, but yeah. Yeah, resorts. 
<laughs> I'd begrudge him that. Yeah, but... but again, even even from a manager perspective, yeah. Uh, I mean, Nigel, Nigel Clough. I'm a big yeah. fan of Nigel Clough. Uh, I really am. Yeah. I uh, I think he's a great manager. I tell you what, I would like as well, lads. I wouldn't mind a Mansfield fan on at some point uh, to talk about you know that I you know talk about what's going on with them. I, I remember I was listening to a little feature about Mansfield the other day, and they were saying that obviously they I think they start the season off really well. And then they just dropped and dropped and dropped. But they had so many injuries and a lot of players with COVID. But Cluffy never complained about that. He just got on with it. Now the players are coming back. And all of a sudden, what are we seeing? This is why I say, you know, about Forest Green, I mean, it's going to be too far now, I think. But I think that Mansfield will, they'll definitely finish second for me. Um, I don't think there's any doubt of that. I think they, they, they're the informed team. They, I know they drew on Tuesday, but... They've been great. They've been really, really good football team. Get them out of this league because they're growing and they're getting yeah. better, and we don't want that. Like we don't better want to and see better. Oh, they, they, it's just phenomenal. Other business I've got. I know Chris touched on them, saying that that Oldham are coming for them. Barrow, yeah, got Canavan in from yourselves. Brought Rooney in from Stockport. Yeah, Barrow have had a really that, that I think baffles me transfer window. Rudy going yeah. back to Barrow. That alone. Stockport selling. Stockport becoming a selling club in the transfer window is a, is a baffling one for me. But Rooney's not getting anywhere near the team. So, you know, they've got... Um, who's the two forwards they've got? Stockport now. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, Paddy Madden. Is it Paddy Madden? Mm-hmm. Paddy Madden's there. And Paddy I can't remember Madden. who the, the, the other guy they've got there. But they've got a luxury of strikers of Stockport. Um, so that that move doesn't surprise me, but I completely agree with you what you said about Barrow. I think I think those two players. I mean, Canavan hasn't been in the greatest of form. Um, it's it's cost, it was, it's cost us a lot of goals. Yeah, last, but anyway, last couple of months. Yeah, but I mean, I think at Barrow, you know, obviously, good luck to him. Good luck to him. Yeah, they, brought two, they brought in two new strikers earlier on. I can't remember the name of them. They played one of them out wide. They've started consistently since they came in, but then they brought in Rooney, they brought in Canavan. I think they've done some really, really sensible business in the transfer window, and I think it'll bode them well. I, I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll go down. To be honest with you, it'll be it'll it surprise down. me if they do. I don't. Think um, I still think they'll be in. They'll be in that bottom end of the table, but I think yeah. they'll. I think they'll survive. Well, Ollie Banks as well. Ollie Banks is a great player. He was linked with us. I don't know whether that was true or not, um, but Ollie Banks is a great player. Um, I know that they had Zanzala that they got um, they, they signed in the summer from Carlisle, but he's already gone to Exeter, uh, mm-hmm. which is a, a strange one. But uh, they've, they've got Jordan a Stevens. Jordan Stevens. He was with yeah. us last season. Um, we never got to see him in person because because of, of COVID. But yeah, Stevens was another one that. It's they've spent and invested really, really well, and right. it, yeah. it, it's on transfers, Grant. Yep. Are you talking we about? Are you talking about? I think you were talking about my my excitement. Omar which, Bogle which, coming back to League Two. There's there's Bogle coming back to League Two, but just on what we also thought was going to happen was Richard O'Donnell going to you guys. Which yeah. now isn't happening um, because completely out of left field, Sam Hornby left. Um, 
makes us I look a bit like fannies, that. doesn't it? We spend well, a good five minutes touching on that, saying good luck to him. <laughs> he does, but I think at that point, like we, you've got to trust some sources, and you know Hartlepool reporting it. Derek Adams was asked about it directly, everywhere, and everywhere was yeah. reporting it. We all, we all going to happen. Well, apparently that the thing was wages. That's that's what I've been told. Um, like wages seem to be the problem, which I can I can understand because yeah he he, he was signed as a first team goalkeeper for us, and he's been that's signed as competition for your first team goalkeeper. So he's not necessarily coming in as a first team goalkeeper. He wants he would want first team football. I think if he of goes anywhere. He he wants first-team football not yeah. to challenge someone for a number-one shot. I, right. Once you've had that, you, you don't want to give it up easily. And I can, I can see why O'Donnell doesn't want, didn't want to go. Um, the new lad that he's got in, he's not got off the best start, I wouldn't say. So first I still game? Think, first game, incredible. He, he still thinks he can see a way back into the Bradford first team, I think. Yeah, and, and I, I, I can't disagree with that. I think... The first game that Bass played, incredible. Like ah, but but how many times do you see that a player comes in, debut, incredible, um, and then he gets a bit shaky. And you know whatever happens happens. And he's three games in. I'm not going to judge him on on three games. One thing I am going to say is because we all my hands up, we we were made to look stupid by the O'Donnell thing, but not on the Hendry thing. I just want to make a point. This was off podcast. Hendry was released from his contract at Hartlepool, wasn't he, Grant? Yes, he was. And I, do you know what? That it really, really surprised me. Um, because I sent, I, I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago on here that Hartlepool's best eleven isn't Hartlepool's best eleven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's times when I would put him into the eleven that I would choose for Hartlepool. I actually wrote down a couple of teams that I would have picked, and I had them in the team. Because we signed Omar Bogle, I was uh, still mega excited about Bogle coming back down to League Two. Last time he was here, he absolutely smashed it with Grimsby. And if he can find that form again, rather than being a rapper and trying to make music, I'm, I've not listened to his song, but I don't imagine it's very good. Or both. Yeah, I mean, I just want to concentrate on his football again. But I had Hendry in my team. I'm, I think he's phenomenal. And he's went back to yourselves after being released from us on a free. But but what do I know? I'm, well, I, Graham Lee and Michael Nelson are two phenomenal centre-backs. You've got to trust their judgment. I would trust them on choosing a centre-back over me, your casual football yeah. fan, choosing a centre-back. Well, that that was the thing. It was I, I saw the, the, the tweet and it was um, Henry's been released, mutual consent. And right underneath it was a tweet from a Bradford City fan who was over the valley from the ground and he was he, he took a photo of the ground and he said the lights are on like the floodlights were on he said the lights are on and there's a drone above the ground and I texted you instantly I was like Hendry's with right. us by the end of the night yeah. Hendry's coming end of the night promise and it was what an hour two hours later it was yeah welcome we'll back my dad my dad's got his tinfoil hat on for this so um, he went oh I have a head of, head of recruitment it's coming straight from Bradford, and now we're releasing players and giving them to Bradford. <laughs> so my dad's got this conspiracy theory going on. 
I mean, you say that we'd take Featherstone if you want to just pass that message on. Yeah, I, I, uh, I thought I I thought he was potentially on his way out. I, I genuinely had a bit of the fear. I um, I thought Featherstone or Gav Holohan were going to be on their way out of the club. I um, yeah. I think if a serious bid came in, which was probably going to come from Stockport, I um, then I think they might have went because we were looking at the boy Biggins from Fleetwood. Right, yeah. Harris okay. Biggin. Yeah. Um, a, few, a few clubs were looking at him, actually. I think Mansfield were looking at him. We were looking at him. Exeter were looking at him. I, who else was looking at him? There was like four or five clubs, so I'm surprised he didn't go anywhere on deadline day because his name was floating about all over the place. Um, but everyone was offering, by all accounts, offering more money than what he was on on Fleetwood and every single count. Um, but a deal couldn't get a deal couldn't get done by any club. I'm on Biggins, so I don't know what happened there. Yeah, um, it's been a strange transfer window. Yeah, I, personally, I think I think it's been a strange transfer window. We we loaned out Hornby and we we got rid of Canavan. I would have in a million years never picked those two players to go. But across the board, Salford have made some signings. Barrow have done phenomenal. Um, just looking forward to this weekend. Yes. Between game of the week. Weekend, well, this is, a, this is the thing. The game of the week has gone from being top of it to bottom. Mm. But we're also, Grant, we'll also get to you because... No one's more excited about this weekend. <laughs> but there is... So here's the thing. Between now and next week's recording... There is a full programme of games on Saturday for for League Two, and there's a full programme of games on Tuesday. There's only one game missing on Saturday, which is, and do you know what? I'm not going to touch on it yet because we'll close with it. Because I think it's, an, I think as I think League Two fans will all be pushing in the same direction on this. Um, League Two game of the week has got to be Scunthorpe Oldham. Yes, without a doubt. Without a doubt, the, the winner of that game has the best chance of staying up. Um, and we said last week about it being a, a nine-pointer for Forest Green if they won. And it, and it was because they were a two games a in hand. nine-pointer? Yeah, because it's because they had the games in hand. They had a game in hand on Tramia, so sure. they've got three points there. And then it's a six-pointer when you're, you're neck and neck. So it was a potential nine-pointer. Going into this, yeah, it's a, it's a 12-pointer. It really is because you know there's there's eight points between them two, the two bottom teams and uh, Carlisle. So you would you would say even at this day and age and this time now that if a team loses in that game, they're down. If they draw, they could be down. Um, that's a big drop, isn't it? Eight points to be down at the bottom of the table at this time of year. However, it's Who's always Carlisle that and Colchester got so Carlisle have got Rochdale, Colchester have got Orient. Oldham have got two games on Carlisle. If Oldham win their two games, they are at 25 points. They've got Scunny. I, I, I believe, looking at form, Scunthorpe have lost the last five. I think Scunthorpe are, are, are going to be the first casualty of League Two this season. I do think they're going to go down. Um, I don't, I, you know what? I don't want to see them go down because it weren't that long ago that they were, they were really up there. Um, they were in League One. They had Billy Sharp. They were, you know, they, they were they were touching on the Championship pretty much. In fact, did they not? Well, they were in the Championship at one stage, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. 
you know, so and then obviously, you know, it's a very similar fall as well that a lot of clubs have had where, you know, maybe even slightly similar to Oldham. Um, and and obviously they've just slowly, slowly, slowly ended up, you know, going down down the table. Uh, I mean, a, a very bizarre one for me was when they they sold their star striker, didn't they? Um, a couple of months ago, um, which you know w- was quite a shock, really. You know, you wouldn't think that you would do that, but it depends on obviously the finances. But you know, when you look at Scunthorpe as well, I think it's all come about. You know when Holloway came in, really, you know, he made all these promises that he was going to do this and that. And, you know, they, they had a, they had a terrible run under Holloway or Horroway as they were calling him. So, you know, it's, it's very sad. I, I can't, I can't see Scunthorpe staying up. Um, I would like them to, it's a great away day, but I just can't see it. And on, on that, so Scunny, obviously I think we're writing Scunny off, which is a, it's a horrible thing, but Kind of can't do anything, but Oldham have got Scunny this weekend. In three weeks, they've got Colchester. Wow. And two weeks after that, they've got Carlisle. Wow. Oldham really win their two run coming up. Uh, it's honestly, it's, it is in their hands. Oldham put themselves in um, back on, on 25 points by winning their two games in hand. Then, Jesus. That's yeah. it, isn't it? Yeah. They're away. They're away to Scunny. Are they home or away for their other games? Uh, they're they're at home for Carlisle game and they're away for Colchester. At least they're at home. At least they're at home for the Carlisle game. I've got to say it because Brunton Park's a horrible, horrible place to go and play. I don't know anyone that likes going to Brunton Park. <laughs> we don't in recent years, to be honest. We we've we've struggled there in recent years, especially with ex players as well. I mean, um, I'm in general, I just don't like going to Brunton Park. No, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it is it, you know, but coldest I mean, ground. Yeah, I mean, they've had a, a strange turn, haven't they? This this in the last year, because look at how you know they were flying at the you know about the mid-time of last season and it looked like they, you know, they even potentially could have got automatic promotion. Um, their manager, Chris Beach, they were, you know, they were, they loved him. He made some incredibly shrewd signings last year um, and it just didn't work. It, 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 it didn't happen for him this season. He was sacked reasonably early on um, and it's just, you know, it's, it's again. It's another team that have, you know that were flying, and, and and it now ended up near the bottom of the table. It's it's a funny old game, is League Two. It is. They always do the things like they sign players like Louis Alessandra, and everyone goes, "Oh, great signing!" But he's always one of these players who everyone goes, "Oh, great signing!" But he signs for a club down at the bottom end. Mm. Is it a great yeah. signing? Um, I mean, I, I think there's, I think there's certain players that are great signings for those those teams at the bottom end. Like yeah. you have, you have your players that will look in the right. So Premier League, for example, throughout his career, that player was Jermaine Defoe. Jermaine Defoe signed for clubs that were always kind of facing, fa- yeah, if, like the, a few couple of a, a few bad results, and they were they were in the. The, the, the trouble they were in a lot of trouble and, and Jermaine Defoe was that player um, but 
it's it's they, they've also got I'm glad to see him being I'm glad to see him playing at Sunderland again. I think he finish will get his career, him. finish his career at Sunderland. You see when he goes and scores his first goal at the stadium alight, that place will go fucking mental. And I can't yeah. wait to see it. Absolutely yeah. love what he's done at Sunderland. Um, he's an absolute hero there and it's almost going to be what he's going to be remembered for in football no matter what else he's done in and around the Premier League what he's done for Sunderland the community there getting round young Bradley Lowry I, I think absolutely applaud him for going to finish his club in Sunderland when he easily, easily, easily could have played in the Championship mm, he, he did he, he was, he took, you know he, he took that club in you know, as his own, and I mean, obviously, West Ham is his club, but yeah. what he's done at Sunderland is is phenomenal, and I'm really chuffed that he's gone back, and I really hope it works for him. I really do. He's he's a, he's a really nice guy, or he seems to be a really nice guy. I don't know him, but he seems to. Be, he needs <laughs> yeah, to be he, when he had earlier. He's a lovely guy. He's <laughs> really nice. There's not enough people like him. Mm. In football, and I think everyone's got to. Well, footballers have got to understand being a professional footballer is a privilege, and you've got to use that privilege right. And people like Defoe do it. And yes. that's all I'm going to say on that subject. Yes, I think we leave that there. Um, is there another game this weekend? There is. I've just got it up in front of me now. So the the big game that we were talking about coming this weekend, and I hope. Everyone's as excited for it as as we are, but Kidderminster are playing West Ham in the <laughs> FA Cup. <laughs> um, no, it's not, is it, Grant? Why why aren't you guys playing in the league? Why are you oh. ruining? Why are you ruining two full programs by not having a game, Grant? Not having a game is because we're still in the FA Cup. Who'd have thought What's that? Like, what's that like? <sighs> Being in the fourth round, there we've not done that for a long, long time. I'm playing Crystal Palace again. I think it's the third time we've played Crystal Palace. We have a decent history against them as well. But it's going to be a tough game. I mean, I don't know what team. The Premier League was off last week. Mm. So they're going to be fresh. I'm, I don't think they'll be rusty by any means. So, yeah, fre- 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 rusty in the Premier League is Rusty in the league Premier League, two. yeah, is better than any team in League Two. Um, I mean, we'll be up for it. What League Two club wouldn't be up for going to, to play at Crystal Palace? Any Premier League team. We're the only League Two club left in yeah. the Premier League. God knows why the BBC didn't decide to um, yeah. televise it. The, guy, the games that they decided to televise were just mental. I think they've chose where the, where the money is. They do this but, every uh, time. They did this with us when we, we won Chelsea. I'm actually going to go on. A, I'm going to go on another rant in a second as well about Sky Sports. <laughs> um, after I've, after I've covered on this, um, but no, I, I'm buzzing for this weekend. I think it's going to be great. I was gutted I couldn't get a ticket. Um, the four thousand seven hundred pulleys that are going down. I know they will make a hell of a lot of noise. And, and take over London. I think there's more going down than the 4,700 tickets. I am well, the yeah, there will be. It's, it's standard, isn't it? Again, we're not our fans. They're not going to go down and cause trouble. You're not going to get trouble from Hartlepool fans. I am. It's going to be great. The atmosphere is going to be fun. They're going to sing all game. And do you know, what? I just want to see a goal. Mm. If we get a goal, 
I'll be happy if we win. I will be pissed on Saturday. <laughs> like, you will not be able to. You, you'll hear from me, but I won't. I won't be talking. It won't anything. be words. Is it going to be, be Diplodocus, Grant? I was about to say it'll be Diplodocus night. Chris, you won't. You won't understand. But I, that's a story for another night. We'll, we'll, we'll and when, and I you promise you, yeah. I promise you, that's a, that's a story that. I think everyone should hear at some stage, so we'll, we will get to that point. Yeah, we'll um, talk about it off here first. Right, but so yeah, I'm going to go I, on the sports rant, right? Yep. So, I was looking the other day, I always have a look to see what games are televised on the EFL, right? So, the March card came up of games that are being televised. Have you had a look at them? I'm, I'm looking at, not the games, but I'm looking at what you sent me. Right, so... There's not a single League One or League Two game televised on Sky throughout March at all. They have chosen every single one's a championship game. So, Nottingham Forest are being shown three times through March. And they've been on board as well. Fulham four times. West Brom twice. Huddersfield twice. They're showing, yeah, yeah, they're showing the EFL trophy. I'm, I'm happy because we're getting on Sky for that. But they're only showing that because they're contractually obliged to show the semi-finals and the final of the Papa John's trophy. That's it. It's just money going to where money already is. And it's yeah. not helping clubs like Oldham, like Scunthorpe. Yeah. Why, why last week did the Forest Green Tranmere game have to be a three o'clock kickoff? Why mm-hmm. couldn't have that been a televised game? It should have yeah. been, mm-hmm. and that would have put it put the kickoff back to a later kickoff. Yeah, and Agreed. people would have people would have watched that. I would have sat and watched that in Sky Sports. It's a top of the table tie this weekend. Yeah, yeah maybe not the greatest football game to put on. Oldham Scunthorpe, massive game. Yeah, why again. not put something on? Mm. Like you look at smaller clubs, they, they need to get this sort of opportunity. Someone like Sutton, they're flying high. Give them a bit of TV time. I mean, Jesus Christ. See, the National League gets better coverage by, from BT yeah. Sport than League 1 and 2 get from Sky Sports. Yeah, Something needs to happen to help League 1 and 2 teams get more television time. I don't know if it's something to do with iFollow or the rules that are there, but you can't be in a position where the National League's getting more TV time than Leagues 1 and 2. They're guaranteed a 5.20 kickoff on Saturday. We used to watch non-league games every Saturday. Um, but I just don't get it. Sky Sports, pull your finger out, man. And that, yeah, that yeah. thing there is hopefully going to change the 3pm watcher, so they won't even have to move them back. Um, that's, that's something that I think is up for discussion when the next set of TV rights are up because we're the only country that still do it. We're the only country, uh, only country that still don't allow games to be shown at three PM on a Saturday, Saturday. Which, given how things are now, you'd think that th- there's a lot of money to be made. Um, they could even make an interactive service. I mean, they've got iFollow. They could give everyone a subscription to, like, not give everyone, but they could have a subscription service where, in, a, in like a Netflix, where you can pay a monthly subscription and you can watch them all. Like, even that would help. But at the minute, I agree. Like they, Chris said, they did it with us when we, we went on the cup run the second time when we, we beat Chelsea and Sunderland. And we, we weren't even considered for the, for, for then that was BBC. That was like, mm-hmm. it, it was unreal. And then we went and did the, the, 
well, what I, I, I will say, it was the biggest FA Cup his, uh, upset in history. And it still is to this day. And Grant, no, no offence, even if, if you beat Crystal Palace 6-0 this weekend, it still isn't going to touch what that was. But it wasn't shown on TV. We got a highlights yeah. package. It's, it's ridiculous. It's, so, it's mad. I mean, the only saving grace that I've got for this weekend is because it's on the BBC, every FA Cup game, or because it's an FA Cup game, every FA Cup game is recorded. We're playing at Selhurst Park. There has to be cameras everywhere for VAR. So the game is going to be recorded, so I will be able to watch it. Um, yeah. I'm just going to have to find some sort of stream for it. No, um, you don't, no, no, of course, we wouldn't be endorsing that, of course. I think it'll be in the no, red button, though. What he means is, near his house, there's a stream that runs around the back. Oh, and yeah. when Grant can't watch Hartlepool play, he gets nervous and he goes and sits by the stream. And by the way, that's uh, not even a lie. There is a stream outside the front of my house. Yeah, there actually is. Uh, um, there is. You look out my window, there's, it's a river. It's, yeah. It's, but yeah, it's, it's, yeah. yeah. He'll go and sit by the stream. He'll I'll find a stream. And, and, listen um, to the, and listen to the commentary of the yes. game. But, yeah. Well, look, guys, we've got... We've, frustrates me. We've, we've covered a lot and we're going to be running longer than we we would usually but obviously we had we had chris on and and i'm not wanting to edit out anything that he said because everything that he said was awesome um so i think if everyone's in agreement, we'll wrap up let's go for it yeah Time good any, any, anyone else have anything they wanted to mention all good all good right well guys and girls thank you very much for joining us we we doubled our viewers last week by the way guys um, oh thank you growing everyone. growing um so yeah guys uh give us a like give us a follow give us a share um and comment give us some feedback olden fans message us if you're not happy with what's been said let us know we'll have you on next week get in touch um and we'll do it um, yeah, cheers, guys. See you uh, up the pools. Up the pools.